Welcome to this third Sunday of Advent, where we look at a story of truth. Truth. I'm glad to introduce my friend and fellow parishioner here, John Hurst. John, welcome. Thank you, Barry. Well, I thought of you as I was working on the sermon, uh, A Story of Truth, uh, because you and I have visited before. I've had the privilege of hearing a little of your story and that you are a West Point graduate. I am. A place that's famous for honor and character and truth. Uh, tell me a little bit about that experience and how it shaped your life as a young man and how it still shapes your life today. Sure, it was a, uh, a life-altering experience. I wouldn't say that I was the most disciplined child in high school. And uh, in order to kind of make it through the academy and then serve as an army officer, uh, you have to truly believe in the ideals of duty, honor, and country. Honor being a big part of that in the honor code, and uh, it's shaped my life uh, from the time I was probably 17 years old until today. Hmm. Once you graduated, how did you continue in that path? Well, I served as an Army officer for uh, five years, served in the Persian Gulf War, and uh, I think in order to establish uh, your credibility as a leader within an organization, uh, you can't lie to people very long and, and get away with it. So. Uh, being honorable and, and sometimes uh, you know, taking what we call taking the harder right over the easier wrong uh, was oftentimes difficult, but uh, always the, the better policy. Can you think of a time in your life that you could share where uh, standing for the truth and by the truth was difficult and came with a cost? Sure, I think a lot of times being truthful, uh, delivering bad news, for example, uh, is, is, is never easy. Uh, I was in a situation with a company that I worked for uh, where I ran into uh, a series of ethical challenges uh, and the, the, the higher it was taken up the chain of command, the, the, the worse it got. Uh, so mm. uh, confronted it, it turned into a, an FBI investigation, uh, Securities and Exchange Commission investigation. I quickly decided that it probably wasn't the right place for me long term and uh, I quit. Uh, I left that role uh, after uh, doing what I had to do and uh, that was a difficult decision with three young children and a wife that expected uh, a paycheck and uh, the mortgage payment to be made but uh, you know God provides and uh, we made a decision to make a change and it, it worked out very well for us. Very good. Well it, as we come through this Advent season, uh, the story that we're looking at, the waiting and the preparation of Advent leading to the Christmas story and the birth of Christ, where in that, those great stories, in that great story, do you really connect? What speaks to you as the person you are as we rehearse this story year after year? Sure. I, I think it's hard to compare my life to the story that you're going to preach about. Uh, John the Baptist paid the ultimate price. Um, and I, I would hope that if I was ever faced with something as challenging as he was, that I would potentially rise to the occasion. But uh, I think it's a wonderful story of, of faith, uh, of commitment, of perseverance. Uh, and I think it's a, a wonderful example for other people to follow. It is. John paid the price for being a man of truth. And honor, yeah. And honor. And uh, what I love about this text that we're going to look at today is that uh, he's imprisoned because of it. 
And while he sits in prison, he begins to second guess himself a little bit and maybe doubt a little bit. And I find that very helpful because that's, that's we all doubt. our right. life, yeah. right? Yeah. And so it does give us hope that we can be a person of truth no matter what situations we find ourselves. I think he also spoke with conviction, which is um, yes. admirable when it's not the popular thing to do. Um, and again, paid the ultimate price for it. But Yes, yes. Well, thank you so much for visiting with thank me. Thank you, Barry. Enjoyed God bless it. you, John. Thank you. God bless you. The story of truth. Our text for today is from Matthew, the 11th chapter, beginning with the second verse and reading through the 11th. Would you stand with me as we hear these words together? When John heard in prison what the Messiah was doing, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, Are you the one who is to come, or are we to wait for another? Jesus answered them, Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have good news brought to them. And blessed is anyone who takes no offense at me. And when they went away, Jesus began to speak to the crowds about John. What did you go out into the wilderness to look at? A reed shaken by the wind? What then did you go out to see? Someone dressed in soft robes? Look, those who wear soft robes are in royal palaces. What then did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written. See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way before you. Truly I tell you, among those born of women, no one has arisen greater than John the Baptist. Yet the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. You may be seated. At the end of the service, you're going to hear a little update from the uh, capital campaign and the, what the building committee's been up to. We were in a meeting not long ago at the building committee, and the architects had brought a uh, kind of a first look at what the uh, floor plan might look like of uh, the new building across the way here. And as everyone was looking at it and uh, talking about it, someone raised the question with the architect, said, now these restrooms here in the new building, are they going to be big enough to serve uh, the crowds that will be there when Palmer Hall is full? And another member of the committee, we'll call him John Warren, since that's his name, we'll call him John Warren. <laughs> John says, well, those bathrooms on this new plan are bigger than the bathrooms we have in the sanctuary building. And so the architect asked John, oh really, well that's interesting. So John, do, do those uh, serve well enough before and after the services? And John said, well I wouldn't know anything about that. I wait till the sermon starts before I leave the sanctuary. <laughs> and the architect looked at me with this look that said, this is really 
funny, but I'm not sure if it's appropriate to laugh at you or not. And I gave the answer I always give. Welcome to my life, right? You don't have to worry about me and John. We're cool. I thought it was the funniest thing I'd ever heard. But sometimes the truth's hard to hear, isn't it? Sometimes the truth hurts. Truth is a powerful, powerful thing, and yet it can be rejected vehemently by so many people. Perhaps rejected by all of us at one time or another in our own life and in our own journey. Scripture of the church tells us that the truth shall set you free, that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Even during the crucifixion story, we have old Pilate asking the infamous question, what is truth? And yet, we can choose to believe the world's lie that there is no truth. Mark Twain, the great American writer, said this, a lie can travel halfway around the world while the truth is putting on its shoes. I think he was a prophet about social media, don't you? A lie can get halfway around the world while the truth is putting on its shoes. Winston Churchill said this, Men occasionally stumble over the truth, but most of them pick themselves up and hurry off as if nothing happened. No one can deny that we human creatures have a very strange relationship with the truth. But John, John the baptizer, had a very straightforward relationship with the truth. He was a man of the truth. He spoke the truth to all people. The truth about sin and repentance. The truth, the truth, even when it the truth about baptism in a new life. The truth about the hypocrisy of the Sadducees and Pharisees who believed that they knew the truth and that they owned the truth and that they controlled the truth, which was the proof they didn't know the truth at all. John told the truth about the promised one, the one that people throughout the centuries had looked forward to. And the beautiful thing about the way John talked about the promised one revealed that he knew the truth about himself as well. I'm not the one who you're looking for, he said. The one who is to come will baptize with Holy Spirit and fire, not just water like I use. He would think and preach and teach about the Messiah and say, I'm not even worthy to carry his sandals. You know, I admire that so much about John because the truth about ourselves is usually the hardest truth to deal with, isn't it? The truth about who we are, the truth about who we are not, the truth that no matter how good or bad we are, we're all sinners and need to repent and follow God's way instead of any other way. 
John, because of this truth, ended up in prison. Because as is often true throughout history, the people who speak the truth aren't necessarily popular with people in authority. And they have John arrested and thrown into prison. And that's where our text picks up in John's story. He is sitting there staring at the walls and wondering if maybe he was not right about the truth after all. He sends some disciples to ask Jesus this question. Are you the one who is to come or are we to look for another? Jesus answers in such a beautiful way. He says, just go back and tell John what you see and what you hear. Tell him what's going on. Tell him what I'm doing. And what a powerful list it is from the great prophets of old like Isaiah who gave glimpses of what it would look like when the Messiah comes. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the deaf hear, the lepers are cleansed, the dead are raised, and the poor have good news brought to them. John Wesley, the father of the Methodist movement, said that uh, those acts of the kingdom, those signs of the kingdom, were much stronger proof than any affirmation Jesus could have made about himself. Tell, him, tell John what you see and what you hear, and he'll know that he was right all along about the truth. Those disciples make their way back to give that message to John in prison, and Jesus turns to the crowd that is following him. And he asked them a question. Who did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? Who did you go out there looking for? Somebody in soft robes? Said, well, you were really disappointed, weren't you? In those days, along the banks of the Jordan River, there were several royal palaces where the people with soft robes hung out. And the people who could be blown about in the wind like a reed, the political winds of the day. Jesus said, no, you didn't see either one of those. Because John was not in the plush, comfortable palaces. He was on the other side of the Jordan, in the mud, and in the dirt, and in the rocks, with that multitude of people who seemed to come from everywhere and just keep coming with the hope that they might finally hear a word of truth that could make a difference in their life. He said John was a prophet. He was the greatest of all the prophets. The prophets throughout the ages had looked with hope into the future that God was still at work, that God still loved the world that God would act one day decisively by sending the promised Messiah. But John was the greatest of the prophets because he pointed to Jesus in real time. Right there on the banks of the Jordan River. His cousin. He says, oh, he was a prophet. He was more than, there's never been a prophet 
There's never been a person born that was a greater man than John the Baptist, this man of truth. And then the strange verse in this text. But the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than John. You ever wonder what that means? I've wondered and wrestled with that. And I can tell you what it means to me. That is, as great as John was, John did not live long enough to see all that God did in Jesus Christ. He was executed because he was a man of the truth before Jesus was arrested and crucified and resurrected. And so Jesus is saying, as great as John is, the least in the kingdom is greater. The burials of the world are greater. Why? Because we don't look forward with hope. We look back with assurance and with, with great confidence and faith that what John told us about Jesus was the truth. That Jesus was the long-awaited one who came to save the whole world. This truth changes everything, doesn't it? This truth was important enough to John to go to prison for and to give his life for. It is the truth of all truth. Yet we have the power in our life. We have the decision to make. We can reject the truth, refuse the truth, mock the truth, because it doesn't fit our opinions or our politics or our view of ourselves or our view of each other. But we never need to fall into the trap and the mistake of thinking that our opinions and our politics and our worldview determines what the truth is. The truth is the truth. And we have the opportunity to embrace that wonderful to let ourselves be changed by that truth. This is the truth. Jesus was the long-awaited one who came to save us all from our sins. This is the truth, that no matter who we are, or where we've been, or what we've done, we can avail ourselves to that love and to that grace. This is the truth that all of us can repent, can turn away from our sins and live a life in God's way and in God's peace and in God's blessing. This is the truth. Jesus is the one. But the best truth of all is he still is. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.